Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time by uniting mission-driven humans. I'm so excited. We are welcoming Karen Seitz to the TNT mic today. She's a health and wellness professional coach and teacher. She graduated from Metro State in integrative healthcare and is now progressing in her own practice, passionate about helping other humans discover who they are and how to find happiness within themselves. This is an amazing conversation for anyone seeking to be happy. Lean all the way into the end where Karen straight up tells you two easy things that are costless, aka free right now that you can step towards authentic internal happiness right now. This is a phenomenal conversation. Cheers to 2022 and personal responsibility. Let's lean in, let's lean into ourselves and know that all answers are within. Let's go. Check us out on YouTube and wherever you download your podcast. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited today. I have a longtime friend, I'm going to say mentor, coach, um, healer even in the house. I did a lot of work with this human and it was a magical part of my journey. And I'm so excited. We're going to call this episode, the happiness mentor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so fitting for what it is. So I, you know, I don't usually read full bios on tumor and tequila. I let the human introduce themselves and tell us about all, all the in-between, but with Karen Seitz, I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to let her share her background. We're going to talk about what she is doing right now. And then we're actually going to, um, challenge and converse about a very, very popular book. You are a badass, badass by Jen Cicinero. And, um, it's over 2 million copies sold. It's I've read it twice. I'm actually reading it again per this conversation. And we're going to challenge why maybe it's not ideal to go that super hard, badass route. So before I let Karen jump in and break us down with all her wisdom and experience, I want to preface everybody with, um, a few words about her. And this is a quote from her deep down in everything we do, we are always in the pursuit of happiness. And here's her bio. As a woman, Karen thought she had to be more than who she was to achieve the things she wanted in life. She was always seeking answers in therapy, yoga, meditation, and self-help books. She didn't realize this path of seeking was causing her un- causing her to be unhappy and feel like she wasn't enough. This is Karen's story. Karen graduated from Metropolitan State University of Denver with a degree in integrative healthcare. In 2013, she began her practice to help people heal themselves based upon her spiritual journey. Even though she was helping others, Karen felt stalled in her own life and work. She knew she needed a new path and direction. In 2015, Karen uh, futurously met her... Uh, met her mentor who opened her up to a whole new way of experiencing life. She learned how to develop a relationship with herself and find meaning and purpose within. Karen is now happy and feels fulfilled within herself and her life. She is passionate about helping other women discover who they are and find happiness within themselves. Karen calls herself the happiness mentor and teaches an online course for women called Awaken Grace. Karen, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thanks for having me, Kristen. It's really nice to be here with you. Yes, this is such um, a long time coming. I did uh, work with Karen, I think three or four years ago, um, it, it, like 2018, 19-ish, I want to say. Yeah. And um, it was like a 10-week course and uh, two hours once a week. Is that right? Yeah, I think at that time, yeah, it was like, yeah, a 10-week course for sure and like 90 minutes and yeah, we, yes. we would dive in. 
it was really intense. And I can't, I do remember someone pointing me in the direction of you, but I, I literally was in like kind of the path that you were speaking, speaking with in your bio, like seeking answers, seeking mm-hmm. deeper fulfillment, seeking d- d- additional understanding. I had done my, some core value work, but I just needed some fine tuning on direction. And, um, what I really think is I think I needed permission to cut some stuff out of my world. And so that was kind of like mm-hmm. the beginning of, uh, really living by my values and, and having clarity around some stuff I'd unpack, but really moved me further in that process of happiness. And I love that our young people are seeking that. One of the most popular courses, I think it's at um, Yale or Stanford, one of the major Ivies Mm -hmm. is happiness. And I can't think of the girl that does the podcast. Do you know who I'm talking about? I know the course is at Yale. Okay. And and I'm not, I I know her name, but it's not coming to me right now in this moment. I want to say it's like the art of happiness or something. And it's, Mm -hmm. and our young people are signing up for this. So it's, I'm so excited. So the happiness mentor is right on time. I found you right on time. And now four (laughs) years later, you've grown, things have gone crazy. Um, But enough of my monologue on you. Tell us about young Karen and kind of how we got to where we are today. Yeah. So, you know, it, you spoke to it a bit in, in reading my bio, but about when I was, 25, 26, I was coming out of um, a really destructive time. I was a rebel in high school, uh, very rebellious and got into lots of trouble. And that carried over with me in my 20s. And uh, I often say lovingly to myself and others now, I I was a hot mess, Uh, (laughs) like most of us, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, you gotta go through it, you gotta. Uh, But I was a hot mess in my 20s and I had gotten out of my fourth failed relationship since like 18. And I knew I was a mess and I needed help. And so I started going to therapy and that, kind of led to, I think, six or seven years of therapy and seeing different therapists along the way. But I also very much started a path of seeking spiritually. So I I went to Metro and I got a degree in integrative healthcare, uh, which was like a strong science degree, but also studying holistic healing methods. And I had never been exposed to any of those things before. Um, and I was kind of really intrigued and I started seeking and I started looking to all these different paths, trying to find answers to myself. So I started studying shamanism. A friend introduced me to shamanism. Um, I became a yoga teacher, uh, and taught yoga and meditation. Uh, I became a Reiki master and did energy work and energy healing I went to astrologers. I went to psychics. I read like probably over 250 self-help books, no exaggeration, or at least really like to order them from Amazon. Yeah, piles on my bookshelf. I would feel like I was making progress and I was seeing all these healers too. Like I was, I mean, like I did it all and I was very much on the woo-woo path. I started my own healing practice called the soul's thread. People were coming to me for their answers and guidance and healing. And on the inside, I felt like I was just screaming because I was still, I personally was still so riddled in anxiety and insecurity in myself. I was 30, 31 and felt like a little girl trapped in a woman's body. Um, No clue who I was. I'd gotten married and that was not becoming what I thought it was going to be. And I just felt, I still felt like a mess in my life. 
even though on the outside, by all means, it looked like I had it all put together and people were coming to me mm-hmm. for their answers and people were coming to me to try to heal. And yet I still felt very lost in myself, very empty and very unfulfilled. And that's when I met my mentors in 2015. And they were um, the first people, uh, David and Peggy are their names. And now I work on a team with them and his office is over here. Hers is back here. Um, And they were the first people, Kristen, um, to be really honest with me, to say, Karen, you're the problem in your life. It's not your past lives. It's not your parents. It's not your upbringing. Um, it's not your husband, it's not your marriage, it's not your, your failed relationships, you're the problem. And in a very constructive way and, and leading me to see, and that means you're the solution. And, and it starts with taking a responsibility that you've created the very life that you have. And they were also the first people to really teach me. I'd heard it before in the books I'd read, the healers I saw said these words, Mm -hmm. but they were the first people to really teach me and show me that my answers were in me, that I had my answers. And they guided me to be able to really get to know myself and trust myself. And it changed my life very, very quickly. And I started to realize, Kristen, that if my answers are inside of me and I'm learning a path and an ability to be able to really know myself and find my answers in me, then what am I doing having people come to me for their answers and for me to heal them when now I know I'm the only person that can heal me Mm -hmm. and I'm the only one with my answers. I can't do that for people anymore. I, 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 like literally I took a weekend workshop with David and Peggy and was like, I like switched my practice overnight because I, I couldn't do what I was doing anymore and feel good about myself because at the end of the day, I actually really felt like a fraud Yeah, Be- and, and not on purpose. I was really trying to help people, but I knew I couldn't live what I was teaching them. And then I met David, David and Peggy and, and the curtain got pulled back and it was like, OS. Like I, (laughs) I really am the problem in my life. And like, I couldn't unsee what I now saw. And and so I had to change my practice and that's evolved over the years to where I am today. And my main focus is really helping women like me who on, on, I mainly work with women in their thirties and forties, but I had a client recently who was in her eighties. And I work with, I know, isn't that cool? I love it. Yes. Um, and, and we all struggle, no matter if I'm working with somebody in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, or eighties, as women, we really struggle to feel fulfilled in ourselves and to be true to ourselves because we try to be so much of who we think we need to be, to be liked, to be accepted, to get to where we want to be in life. And that ends up us feeling very lost and very unhappy and so my practice has evolved to where now I really help women learn to heal their relationship with themselves and learn how to be true to who they are so that they can be happy in their lives. And I know we'll probably get into that a little bit today of what happiness actually really is, because it's not what we think it is. And we're chasing it like in, in, in how to be a badass. We're chasing it in all 
the wrong places and we don't even realize that I didn't realize it until I had somebody pull the curtain back and, and expose it to me. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I have so many questions. And I think that even when I first met you and I first came and I, I probably asked you so many of the same questions. I was not a podcaster at that point. I mean, I was always an interviewer, but I had no, we were not recording this on the mic quite yet. Um, but I, I was curious, did you grow up religiously or like when, where did this mm. spirituality conversation initially start? That always is very intriguing question. I, I think that kind of navigates, that's the beginning of the yeah. journey from my perspective. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I come from a Catholic background and I was also very, I feel very blessed and fortunate that I grew up with parents who really encouraged me to explore what was right for me. Um, they had come from a childhood, all well-meaning, but they went through Catholic school and really got, you know, kind of inundated with what they were to believe and what their path was. And I feel, feel they did a really great job for me and my siblings of, of letting us explore what was right for us. So growing up, not so much. It, it was really born, the spiritual seeking path in my late 20s was really born from this place in me of desperately seeking what was finally going to make me feel okay in my life. Mm-hmm. And getting exposed to that. And there was definitely, there was something to me that was, was drawn to that. I, I was drawn to a deeper, wanting to know a deeper meaning in life or a deeper meaning to who I am. The problem with the spiritual paths I was taking and looking at is I, I was using them to define who I was. Mm-hmm. And, and they made me, not that they made me feel this, but how I interpreted what I was learning in those spiritual paths was that I needed to be someone more Mm -hmm. than Karen, that I needed to be this higher supreme being and that who I was as Karen wasn't enough, that I had to be something more than that. And that's really where my spiritual path got really self-destructive um, because in that I couldn't see it at the time, but in hindsight, I, I was really pushing me away and trying to become something other than me and getting really lost and really disconnected from myself. And plus Kristen, there was this whole other side of this persona, this, and this facade I was trying to create to make it look like I had it all together or, or to, and to be cool. Cause it was very cool to like be a yogi and like be into buddhism and be into like mala and like it was a whole it was a whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> and i i really tried to 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 get into that and wear that facade and yeah <laughs> I love it. And, and you can see like the trends of like 90s, 2000s and like how <laughs> yeah. we're so sold a dream marketing or environment mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, was there one thing that really happened that sparred you on this in journey or you see you, you felt compelled or drawn towards mm-hmm. spiritual seeking or spiritual world? Was there like one thing or was it just like this gradual notion and all of a sudden something flicked on or like, I'm going to pursue this? Yeah, I, I had a friend um, who... I had, was kind of sharing with her how I was feeling really stuck in therapy, which for any of us who go to therapy and we're honest, most of us hit this place where it's like, okay, I'm going in each week 
and I'm talking about my problems and my therapist is, you know, great and validating me and like telling me how right I am and <laughs> things like that, but I'm not getting anywhere and I'm not getting to any results. And I'm certainly not finding any solutions in my life. Um, and I was expressing this to a friend um, and she very much was into shamanism and had seen a shamanic healer for many years. And she said, you know, maybe, maybe you would get out of lot, a lot out of going to see my shamanic healer. And then it's, it's, you know, different than therapy and you might find some answers there. And that was really the, the kickoff of it all. That was really the start of it. And then I just, man, like just dove all in. I was like, give me all the things. Woo, woo. I think by the end of it, I had like shelves of crystals. <laughs> I had altars everywhere. And oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> I, uh, I, I joke Kristen that I'm a retired psychic, um, because you know, by the end of it in my healing practice, I was doing intuitive readings for people. And, um, man, I really, I just, I wore the whole, the whole look, the whole vibe. Um, it really made it who I was. I okay. I, well, I love it because, um, I think the universe is providing you like we do all these. I talk about this all the time with my varsity mission driven humans. We want to do more. We want to solve the problem. There's this, you want me to qualify mm -hmm. for something? I'll train harder. I'll read the books. I'll do that. And oftentimes we'll spend a lot of time, energy and money just to be told, like, stop it all. Be still. <laughs> the answers are there within. And I love that, that you acknowledge that early on that they were saying these things to you, but it didn't hit until it really hit. And Therapy, coaching, whatever, is just like coaching in athletics. You got to find the right coach, therapist, yeah. leader, teacher that really speaks to you and understands you. There's mm -hmm. thousands of coaches and modalities and, and whatnot. And I, I really believe there's no right one way for anything. It's, it's you really got to focus on you and find out. Um, because on that same note, it's so powerful for what they are doing. And if it's not the right fit, it truthfully does re lead you down that wrong path. And my mm -hmm. example that in my world, I'm fortunate to have come across the right people that really do sit with me. But, um, athletically, I spent a lot of time with the wrong coaches that didn't resonate with my core values, my personality, yeah. and it showed up physically where I was getting sick. You know, I had sore throats because I wasn't using my voice. My liver was showing up on blood tests because I was angry. So many things. So when you're doing this mental coaching, which is so critical, mm -hmm. if you believe in physical therapy, I would say you, you have to believe in mental therapy. Um, you've got to be picky on, on who you work with and ask the right yeah. questions and then pay attention to your body of how you feel. Because like you, I did a lot of the spiritual seeking and I, I think I still do in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was them that were telling me the wrong things. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them, and this is why we're going to unpack the book. And I love that we kind of have a juxtaposition to our, our, our position on being a badass. Mm -hmm. A lot of therapists were telling me, or um, spiritual humans will say, we're telling me to calm down. You don't need to save the world. You don't need mm -hmm. to do all this. It's all story. And there was absolutely truth to that. But yeah. so much of it was like, don't dim your light, but also don't do the most. And I was taking that in as do less, be still, which we didn't need to do. Mm -hmm. but really like fall back. And that was the opposite. When I came to work with you, it was, you're standing in the background. We've got to work on maturity. We've got to work on some of this narrative around your family and blah, blah, blah. Like it was really about stepping up. So I don't even know how different the messages were. I think I was ready to hear it in a different way, but yeah. the intense way we broke it down. And then like, I had to like, you know, go through the worksheets and, and talk about it, put me on a completely different path. So like some of that coaching actually, I think brought me two steps back, which was, it mm. happens on time. Mm -hmm. Um, but my long-winded point is you got to be picky. Even if you're not sure on what you need, if it feels wrong, it is, you got to be yeah. picky on the training you sign up for. Yeah. And you know, I often, Kristen will 
share with my clients or my students, you know, this isn't the right, like what I teach isn't the right way. It's not the truth. It's the right way for me. Mm -hmm. And it it's my truth. And it resonates with my students and, and clients who it's their truth as well. You know, for me, where I got really stuck in therapy and a lot of the spiritual path I was on is that everything about me and the struggles and challenges I had in my life were tied to my past and, and brought back to my upbringing or my parents, or like I, I shared earlier, you know, past lives. And that those weren't things I could do anything about. I, I can't change my upbringing. I can't change my parents, nor now what I want to. Like the work I've done has completely shifted how I see my parents and, and my relationship with them just by me working on me and changing myself. Mm -hmm. And in therapy, always talking about, well, you're this way because your mom this or your dad this. I really got my myself stuck on that path in a place of being a victim, really giving my power away to my past, giving my power away to my parents or my upbringing or things like past lives or spirit guides or even astrology or the universe and giving all my power away there to where then I was powerless, which is how I define being a victim. Mm -hmm. And I got really stuck there. And, and most of the people that come to work with me they've been doing all the things they've, they've been doing therapy. They've been reading the books. They've been going to see the healers and it's not working. And, and that's where then they really resonate with what I have to teach of like, it's you mm -hmm. like, and, and I teach that. And depending on who I'm working with, I meet them where they're at. I don't always <laughs> just lay the hammer down. Um, but really helping them see that you're in control of your experience and, 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 and you're creating your life with your choices and behaviors not what's happened to you. And that resonates for some people and a lot of people that doesn't resonate with, and that's okay. That's why it's really good. There's different modalities and there's different paths because as to what you were saying, we have to find what's right for us and we have to find what's true to who we are. Yes. Just like nutrition. So, so well said you can't, there's just no one size nutritional plan, diet, whatever for any one person. There's so many variables, activity mm -hmm. output, uh, your genetics, so many things that you have to consider in the mental conversation is no different. That being yeah. said, I think it is such a matter of timing of understanding that you've got to step out of that victim mode to understand. I know we talked or we joked about labeling this cast. Um, it's not me, it's you. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we really are in charge of it. In every book you read, the, th the through line from my perspective mm -hmm. is your thoughts. Your thoughts are controlling your reality. So regardless of what happened or what's going to happen, you right now and how you're thinking things is, is guiding the ship. So if you don't take responsibility of just your thoughts, even if we can't fully digest the idea that we're mm -hmm. fully responsible for, for ourselves, that right there, I think is enough to understand like, well, I can't control anything else around me, but I can control that. And that's controlling me. Yeah, definitely. So. And even to me, even deeper than that, we control our choices and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And, and as long as we think, oh, I have this behavior, you know, this unhealthy behavior that I do in my life. Um, you know, I won't get too far off because that'll get me off track, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an emotional eater and it's something that I've had to, to really commit to myself to understand I'm the problem in that. So I'll use that as the example. Um, but recognizing nobody's making me go get the Ben and Jerry's when I'm having a hard day. <laughs> like no one else is walking to the freezer except for me and getting that out in the spoon. 
And, and that's what creates our lives. Like we don't realize those choices we have, the behaviors we're perpetually in are creating the life that we have. And that the only person that has any control to change those behaviors and change those choices is you. And, and that's what I'm, I've had to learn and continue to learn for myself. It's a journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, that's actually a perfect kind of transition to us jumping into the book because yeah. as an athlete, when I, the second I hear it's a, it's me, I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, don't do this, yeah. do this. Da, da. Like I, I get in my athletic mode and that's why I say graceful disruption. I trademark it and that's a whole conversation, but um, it's really important to like, keep yourself like understanding it's you, but then not beat the crap out of yourself every single time you sway off because you're going to sway off. It's going to be this constant ebb and flow and <clears throat> acknowledging responsibility does not necessarily mean you have to, you know, taser yourself every single no. time you go off your track. So, um, I, I don't know. I always like to compliment, like when you understand it's you and we're personal mm -hmm. responsibility, that's a major theme for turmeric and tequila for 2022 and mm -hmm. for my world personally, and we're gracefully disrupting some of these patterns or some of these modes, um, not allowing ourselves to be the victim and also letting ourselves mess up, learn and get back on track. Like that, that yeah. awakened grace. I really like that. Uh, your, your group is called that because I think it's, you need to stay aware mm -hmm. of what's going on and apply grace at all times. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not about beating yourself up and that doesn't work. <laughs> I've right, done right. that plenty of times right. too. It's really, um, it's really about accepting yourself, which is, you know, what I define as the path of being happy. It's really accepting who you are. And I, I like to say the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between and not as a place of acceptance of like, oh, this is who I am. I just, you know, can put down a whole <laughs> pint of Ben and Jerry's. It's just Karen. Um, it's about accepting that in myself from a place of wanting to actually change and into a place where, where I acknowledge, I, I see that and can own that in myself. And, and my commitment is to change that this, mm -hmm. this isn't who I want to be for me in my life. But in order to change that, I have to see and accept this is who I am, which is counter kind of counterintuitive to us. And, but it, it's not about, Oh, just who I am. It's no, this is who I am. I accept this about me. And it's from that place that we can actually change because we're no longer denying the behavior or pushing it aside and pretending it's not there. We can actually use our self-awareness to catch it and then make different choices. So it's certainly not about beating yourself up or making yourself bad or wrong. That doesn't work either. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do you, I can't remember this, but I'm, I'm curious. I think this will be a question if, as our people listen. Um, how much do you talk about the fear? Because I, I think once mm. at a point you can acknowledge a change. Like I know how I want to work out, how I want to um, nutritionally fuel myself, <clears throat> meditate, mm. be around certain humans. But I've noticed even recently, I've competitive athletes spent a lot of time with counting macros and workouts and mm. all the things that go with being a competitive athlete, which was never weird to me. It never really felt restricting. My personality is very free flow. So it was, mm -hmm. and number two core value is independent. So it was a little restricting in my world, mm -hmm. um, but it was normal. And now I'm slowly getting back into it, but I had such fear that I'm just now, even having done all mm. this work, really embracing around I think seeing the truth, like tracking workouts and getting an aura ring and seeing macros and doing all this and not fear of like me not loving myself or anything. We're good there. Mm -hmm. It's more just what all am I not doing? Where can I be doing more like that whole psychology? Do you do a lot about acknowledging the truth, what's real, and then facing that fear in that moment, like that specific mm -hmm. pivot point? Mm. Well, what I understand for myself and, and what I teach my students is that our, our fear, especially in getting honest with ourselves and seeing what's really going on, 
our fears about being exposed. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that we fear being exposed is that once we can see what's really going on for us and, and the truth of, of how we're showing up in our lives and who we're being, then that self-awareness leads to change. And, and so the fear is really around this change because, you know, it's kind of unbelievable. I, I teach this with my, my clients, um, Kristen, because this is something I had to see about myself. I actually had an attachment to being unhappy and, and being stuck. And I, I have to help my clients see that when they're having a tough time of moving forward with what I'm teaching them is that we, we actually become attached to the way that we are and because it's safe, it's what we know. (laughs) Um, and what we're most scared of as humans, whether we want to admit it or not is change and the unknown. And when we're, even when we're working on ourselves internally, we're really scared of who we're going to be or who we're going to have to become or what's going to be asked of us if we do change. And we're scared of that. Mm -hmm. And so when we can acknowledge that and realize, you know, we get comfortable where we're stuck and we get comfortable in the known of, of what that is, then we get, we get attached to that and we're actually scared to move forward and change because it's like, I don't, I won't know who that is. So that in terms is what I talk about with fear. Um, and that it's just, it's just our beliefs and our mind trying to keep us stuck where we're at because we're scared of the unknown. Nailed it. Yes. And this is so good for me to rehear. Um, <laughs> this just came up on another podcast with uh, Denver Sports Recovery and Steve Najib. We were talking about people identify with their pain. I have my sore mm-hmm. back, my broken knee. And you just, it, it becomes such a belief that it's so strongholds in you. Mm-hmm. It physically maintains in your body and in your mind. And it's good for me, even having done this work. And I hope for anyone that's out there that's done a ton of work like I have, it is this constant process. And I did get very comfortable. And it's what I wanted. I was coming off some major contracts, competing so much. Mm-hmm organized chaos in my life. I needed years of not counting, not training or just doing it casually, but so like get out of the structure. Now I'm ramping back up. And even though I felt that fear initially for doing these things, I'm not really comfortable about because I did done the work in the past. The second I did it, I was able to do that process much quicker of understanding. This is just fear. You are afraid of the unknown. You are afraid of perhaps being seen in some capacity, but then jump in. And now that I'm doing it, it's not that big a deal. And I actually appreciate it. And we're in flow of it. So if you're doing the work and you're feeling like it's not working or it's been a minute, like, I think you will see that quick change. If you've done it, take that risk, do that change. And then you're like, Oh, no, no, wait, the skill set's there. It's it's, and you can unpack it and go through it so much quicker. Have you experienced that a lot being so in depth and in tune with yourself? Yeah. You know, I've had to, to really work on, and, and a lot of my clients face this as well, not wanting to fail and wanting to get things perfect right out of the gate. And that's especially true on, on my journey of discovering myself and, and learning how to be happy and what that actually means and taking that journey in my life because it's not linear. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, whether it's stepping out in my career or whether it's um, stepping up in my marriage or with my family or um, going and trying something new. Like my husband and I did some river kayaking this summer and nice. like, and he's a big adventure person. And I'm, I'm like, you know, like dip a toe and like, well, we'll see. <laughs> um, so, you know, whether, whatever it is, I have to accept where I'm ever I'm at 
on the journey of what I'm working on in myself and know that I'm going to make mistakes. Um, I'm going to face my humanness. It's going to come up. Um, I'm going to go back into an old pattern and how I really like to frame it, which is perfect for, for your stewardship and athleticism is I really like the idea of going to the gym of what we're doing in our internal work on ourselves is we have to build the muscle. Mm-hmm. Like if we're starting something brand new that we've never done before, like going to the gym. I remember the first time I worked out with a trainer, I don't think I could walk for like three or four <laughs> days after that. Um, I had never been pushed that way physically. Um, and I was really sore and, and I kept going back. I like signed up, you know, for like 12 sessions and was like, Oh God, what did I do? Um, but I got myself to keep getting up and going. And then eventually it was like, Oh, okay, I'm not so sore. And then I could start to feel the strength. And then I looked forward to going to the gym, but that, that took me a few months. Yeah. Um, and I often teach with my clients and also myself on my own journey that, that, that that's how we really want to frame working on ourselves and the things that we're trying to change in ourselves and our lives is it's a muscle we have to build and it's going to be awkward. You're going to be sore. You're going to not want to go. Um, just like going to the gym, but as long as you stay committed and you keep picking yourself back up and recommitting, eventually you'll get to a place where you're like, oh, wow, I remember being back there, but now it's becoming just who I am. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I certainly faced that on my own journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like the bad stuff when it clings to your identity, so will the good stuff. You just got to get yeah. there. So like there's, yeah. there's the juxtaposition to both sides or like it can cling and stick, but just cling and stick with like the good things, but it's just hard yeah. to... Um, constantly be stuck with the good things. Yeah. Uh, On that note. So, you know, marketing and branding, the reason I started turmeric and tequila was really to gracefully disrupt our ideology around, um, who we are, what we are, and this, the messages that we are constantly Mm. being fed as humans in particular, our young people, you know, we didn't necessarily grow up with Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media things. And this Mm -hmm. inundated state of information at all times and information at our fingertips and, um, the not truth, like everything, things are Photoshopped and manipulated and (laughs) Wikipedia is edited. Like there's just so many things that are coming at us hundred miles an hour and reality is nothing more than applied meaning. So if all these external forces, companies, the dollar, whatever are designed and feeding us what the reality is, of course, we're going to have internal disruption because they're not real. So I really wanted to bring my varsity humans like Karen to the mic to talk about it and what's going on. And just like marketing, self-help books can absolutely lead you down the wrong path. And I don't think just like marketing, I hold them accountable, but my problem isn't with the marketers. Like that's going to continue forever. The the problem really is us and being conscious consumers and understanding what we're consuming and how that impacts us physically Mm -hmm. and mentally. Um, and really just keeping ourselves on the trendsetting tip of, okay, I I get all the conversation out here, but how am I digesting this? How am I, or should I be digesting at all? So when Karen and I had reached out, I'm like, I think we need to podcast. She hit me with the idea. I think we need to unpack this book. You are a badass by Jen. Um, and as I was rereading it, it actually, didn't not sit with me as well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, then I thought it did when we initially spoke. And I think it's because we come from two different perspectives. So I want to unpack mm-hmm. yours first, and then I'll tell you why I digested it a certain way I did. But give yeah. me your take on this book and why we need to question a better way around this mindset. Yeah. So what I see happening more and more in our, our culture, especially our, 
I'll just say our, our, our culture in the U.S. And what I see happening with us as women is feeling like we have to, I'm going to use Brene Brown, uses the phrase armor up. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really good, it's a really good phrase. I, I like the word walled up. I have my walls up. But I think we're constantly as women inundated with this message that in order to make it through life, in order to survive, in order to not be taken advantage of or walked on to be equal, that we have to, again, in Brené Brown's words, armor up and have this persona like how I interpret the badass persona is don't get in my way I'm gonna speak my mind I'm gonna set the world on fire I will knock you out of the way if you get in my way and and we take on this persona like we've got to be the badass we've we've got to armor up and just power through to make it in our lives and I see it a lot um with some of my clients that I work with. So I often will joke when I talk about this, Kristen, I didn't take the badass route. Um, I was too scared, uh, but I took all, <laughs> I took all these other routes that I've talked about um, on, on, on our, in our conversation today um, of, you know, trying to be the, the enlightened spiritual yogi of, um, you know, I did the clean eating and I ran a half marathon, like, I um, got on every soapbox of every political movement that I was exposed to in my late 20s. I took this bioethics class. I love to joke about this. I took this bioethics class and bless my husband. He was such a good sport that semester. I would come home just like fired up about everything wrong in the world. And I had to like tell him all of it. But the, the theme is the same, whether you're trying to be the badass, whether you're trying to be the yogi, whether you're trying to be um, the marathon runner or what, whatever it is that we're seeking to, that we think is going to be the answer to where we'll finally f- be fulfilled in our lives. The problem with it and like in being a badass is, is we start to become this person we think we need to be to get the life we want mm-hmm. and to be happy and fulfilled. And the problem in it is, is we're not being true to ourselves. We're not just being who we are. We're trying to be something more than who we are and taking on this persona or emulating a persona that's worked for a handful of other people and thinking that's, that's what I need to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I have clients I've worked with, I think I got off tangent a little bit, but, um, who are dom- more dominant by nature. That's kind of how I think of the badass woman. The badass woman's more dominant. They are more take the world by storm and watch out, here I come. Um, but even my more dominant clients, that that's their personality, they, they're even trying to be the badass when they don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> but they can just be in their true nature. And for me, as somebody who was always more timid and got more intimidated easily, especially around other women, um, that was never going to be me. Like that, it's just not me. So what I teach is that in order to be happy, 
we have to be true to who we are. We, ha we have to be true to our nature. And some women are going to have the more badass dominant personality, but they don't need to try to be that to be successful in their lives. They just need to be who they are. Whereas some women are going to be more mild natured or mild personality, and they're going to feel so awkward and such a fraud in their lives if they're trying to be the bold and out front and center kind of personality. Yeah. So, so well said. And really that's, this is why I think we really connected on it was because it's marketing. It's telling you to be mm. something, even though like if I'm <clears throat> selling you, you know, a phone or whatever, I can be telling you all this stuff around what it is, but it doesn't change the actual product. If you really read the in-between of this book, it's, it leads like badass is the sell point. It's the key word. But mm -hmm. if you really read in between it, it's really about finding your truth. The answers are mm. within, and it's the law of attraction. And <clears throat> it's, it's, it's more watered down. And when I reread it, I was like, this is why I didn't stand out my mind as badass because mm -hmm. A, when you're saying ironically, like, mm -hmm. you know, yoga and shamanism to me, I'm like, that's badass. That's amazing. <laughs> I came from three younger brothers. I was I weightlifting. I was the captain of every team I've ever been on. I was always that natural, loud leader. Mm -hmm. And that is my authentic self. And so when people say like badass and you're tough, like that to me is like kitschy. It's like, mm, mm -hmm. okay, like I don't, I don't know part of that is really attractive to me because mm -hmm. I think I, I grew up around quote unquote, badass women all the time. There was always somebody bigger, stronger, faster, louder, whatever, yeah. maybe not louder. I was pretty loud, but everything <laughs> else, there was always someone better. And I was comfortable with that. So to me, that wasn't really badass. Badass to me was someone questioning a better way, doing something outside of status quo, kind of going against nature, because I think I was so much, even though I might've been outside of status quo because of the community around me, but within that community, I was inside status quo. So yeah. anyone jumping out of it was different. So long story short, the badass, I think it just resonated with me different. That's why I didn't even really remember this book until we talked yeah. about it. But yeah. I so deeply agree when something's so overbranded or marketed to you in a certain way, and that's not even that thing's truth, we're yeah. missing it. And you're missing the whole, the whole point of the book is to, to get to know yourself, know that you're already there. Like you're already the person you want to be, whether you label that badass or kind or empathetic or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it leads with this. And honestly, I actually think they marketing wise, mm -hmm. obviously you always want to have a moral compass, but I think she killed it because that is what a lot of women think they should be pursuing. So to your point, you're it exactly is. right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is so much of, of what we're pursuing. And I think that, that, um, foundation of it underneath is that we really are feeling just in our, our humanness. This is the birthplace of our unhappiness. We feel this insatiable emptiness inside of us and we're desperate to fill that. And we see other women or other people in life um, being successful, making things happen. And then we're constantly comparing ourselves to where we are at or what we're doing to these other people or what we think we're supposed to be or where we think our lives are supposed to be. And so then we're grasping for something that we think is going to be the answer to us being fulfilled and to being happy. And then we just begin to emulate yet another facade and become further and further and further away from ourselves. I mean, that was everything that I did on my path of seeking was, okay, that didn't, the, the half marathon didn't work. Now I'm, I'm gonna become a yoga teacher and, and that's going to be the thing. And, and just on and on and on. And we do that in so many ways, whether it's the badass or whatever it is in our lives or even going after 
career achievements and promotions and thinking, okay, this is what I need to be now. Um, that's our experience of being unhappy and it, and it leads us to feeling that much more disconnected, that much emptier because we're never actually really finding ourselves or reaching for something outside of ourselves or trying to be like someone else that we see or perceive mm -hmm. as successful and having it figured out. And we never, we never find it within ourselves. Yes. Um, I have to ask this and not to flip your entirely well put point um, mm -hmm. in another direction, but you know, you're forging in this new mental health conversation in this new space, forging these new modalities and approaches in my view, deeply successful because I see such positive impact. Mm -hmm. um, do you consider yourself a badass now? No. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I see myself as me, Karen, and, and I, I realize now, Kristen, that's what I was always reaching for. Like, it, it, <laughs> I just, I didn't have the context or, or the way, a way to wrap my arms around it. But, it, and it, I've said this before in an, an, an article I wrote about being a badass and looking at the real story, um, that it, it, it is this kind of well-meaning compliment or well-intentioned compliment we give to other women, but it's the, it's like the underpinning or the implied meaning underneath it that I see for us really takes us away from our true nature where there are so many gifts in who we are without needing to be a badass. Like there's yeah. so many gifts in just who we are. And I'm going to say as women and in, in our ability to experience ourselves as soft and grounded and slowed down the it's that underpinning of what a badass means that takes us away from our true nature so i see myself as karen and okay. and it's so interesting Kristen. like some of my clients come to work with me and they've done all the things like i did and they actually once they find a connection to themselves and their own true nature they have a deeper connection to their spiritual paths and I, and I celebrate that and encourage that. And I let people know, like, this might actually, you might, this might actually become, you, you get deeper in this, just in your truth and being connected to yourself. For me, <laughs> all, I realized all of it was a facade <laughs> and I didn't, and it was like, it's, I laugh now because I am such a normal, average, everyday woman. I like baking. <laughs> yeah. I like, um, going and washing my car. I have recently discovered I do like kayaking, not river kayaking, but I do. <laughs> I really enjoy kayaking. I love spending time with my husband, um, and really growing and learning in my marriage. And I have found a relationship with God. It has just come through my own relationship with myself and in discovery of me, it's not labeled out here in any one faith or religion or, or way. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a personal relationship that I have through having found myself. So I have feel now actually for the first time ever in my life that I have a connection to God, um, and that more spiritual side, but it's, it just happened so differently than how I was trying to make it happen. It actually happened by going in and building a relationship with myself, that that just naturally unfolded as an expression of me. 
And, and so it's a great, I like that question, but yeah, no, I'm just Karen. And, and some women might say, oh, she's a badass or whatever, but I don't see that as me or how I would want to call myself. Um, because I think that muddies down who we actually are and, and creates this idea that we have to live up to something mm-hmm. rather than just, just being who we are and, and yeah. just being true to ourselves, which again is, that's what it means to be happy. I love it. The, yeah. well, I, <clears throat> the path you seek in question a better way is extraordinary to me. And I think again, as a branding professional, it's so hard for me to step out of it. It's just labels. And I think yeah. <clears throat> if every human, if, if you're average and everyone seeks their truth like this, I'm so here for it. Cause if everyone's doing that, <laughs> this world will be a better place. So I will embrace your label of average in this because I hope that the average human <laughs> women, especially are on path like this, because our path is just that it's us. But being in alignment and being on that is extraordinary. And if, however you label it, I'm here for all of it. That is that, like you said, that's the happiness piece. So extraordinary, but not, I do think that it's extraordinary at this point in time, in this day and age, I hope I listen to this cast 30 years from now being like, no, everyone does this now, but I think it is extraordinary to be questioning a better way. So I hope you do appeal to Mm. the everyone, how average, (laughs) not average. I I don't really, I don't, but I hope it appeals to the average show because that is the majority. And if the majority is seeking a better way, we're going to be all right out here and we're going to be doing better. So if you're out there really looking to label a brand or kind of put something in a box, which we naturally do that as humans. That's Mm -hmm. how we make our reality real. Um, I really hope you can embrace Karen's message of through the extraordinary, she, she discovered her averageness, but her true self, her true self of alignment. So I, I hope that like turmeric and tea, the juxtaposition can kind of be there that you can really be all things. And regardless of what you label it, as long as you're seeking path and that in its truth, it's your truth that's when the alignment and the happiness happens. Um, what is happiness to you? I think this mm. is such a large definition and, and such, and it's different to everybody, just like badass. Like I don't, I wouldn't say that term either yeah. way. Like I do think you're starting, I do think it's badass. And I see how it can minimize what we're seeking and then push it towards something that it's not. Uh, yeah. What is happiness to you? Break that down mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So I think, the most important place to start is understanding that happiness isn't about a feeling that, that happiness is not about feeling happy. It's not even about feeling joy, that feelings. And and this is what I was trying to chase so much on, on my former path. Like I was really trying to chase this kind of blissed out state, (laughs) this guy, like, you know, when you've had a really good yoga class or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, and you're just feeling like, oh, everything is fine. (laughs) Like, that's what I wanted to feel all the time. And I think that's what, right. And I think that's what (laughs) a lot of us are seeking in our pursuit of happiness is we're seeking a feeling and then we get, um, so disillusioned even by the concept of happiness, like it's not even possible. You know, there's a lot of skeptics out there that I've talked to, but like, well, is happiness even possible? Because everything I've ever experienced of happiness never lasts and it always goes away. And that's because we base it on a feeling and we base it on circumstances and people outside of us. And that's always changing. It's always a, a short-lived experience when we're basing our happiness on our circumstances and the people in our lives, or we're basing it on a feeling in time. So happiness is not about a feeling. It's not what we get from the people and things outside of us. 
happiness is really a state of being and happiness comes from a place of accepting who you are. That's how I define happiness. It's a deep acceptance of yourself and it's being comfortable in who you are and feeling good about yourself. Again, this is kind of the the nuance that can be tough to get, Kristen, is feeling good about yourself because of who you are and, and, and the choices and decisions you make in your life based on who you want to be, the kind of character of person you want to be and the integrity you want to have, not to look good out here, not to get accolades and validation from the people and things out here, but to actually find that within yourself. And, and that's where we find happiness is that this is the acceptance of me and I'm comfortable in who I am and I feel good about myself. That's happiness, which means life is still going to be life. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be curveballs. There's going to be things coming out of left field that you weren't expecting and you weren't looking for. And it's not reasonable to think you're going to feel happy <laughs> when you're going through some of those challenges and ups and downs in life. That's why it's a state of being that I can be going through these things in my life and, and life can be throwing me curveballs. But I, I feel good about who I am and I know I have me and I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. That's, that's what I have in the journey I'm on and, and what I teach my students and, and the people who work with me is that's what happiness is. And, and it comes through building our self-worth and actually learning how to do that, which is really your choices and decisions and how you show up in your life not for anybody else, but for yourself. That's what it means to be happy. Mic drop. I don't know. Someone needed to hear that, hear that, including myself, but I promise you that's going to resonate so hard, but specifically with my mission-driven humans, because, you know, we're high achievers, we're seeking more, perhaps it's badassness, mm-hmm. perhaps yeah. it's a million dollars or a, a husband or wife or whatever. Um, but that internal alignment, I, I always try to tell my kiddos, like kids when I coach, appreciate the little idiosyncrasies that make you you. We have all these major like KPIs, big markers of like money and marriage and this, but like the way maybe you screw on a jar or the way you organize your bedroom set, like all these little tiny things that you do that innately make you you, like find a way to appreciate those because nobody else does that. Like you're a true one of a kind. And I don't know, for some reason that's always resonated with me. It's like appreciating all the things that you wouldn't otherwise really appreciate appreciate or even acknowledge, but it's, it's so I'm fascinated by human behavior, how we just do really weird stuff, but then it can also be kind of like when you learn other people's weird things, it can be like pro tips in lives. Like, Oh, if you just spray the pan this time before you bake, then it comes out of the, like the littlest of stuff. That's really, really cool. So I don't know if that resonates at all. Yeah. Um, but that internal, like, uh, extraordinary badassness, I'm just poking the bear right now, uh, <laughs> is, is really to be appreciated because it's, it's really cool how, unique we are. And, um, I don't know, a big piece of my happiness, which is always a work in progress is Mm. just continuing to appreciate the flaws, the good parts, the obnoxiousness, the too much, like all those angles. Do you have like one, and I know this is a totally loaded question, but Mm. one good first step. If someone's like, God, I'm just not happy. And I think, cause philosophy is like to live is to suffer is like a totally summed up mm-hmm. version of all things philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. and any, any old school philosophy, which I love Aristotle, but, uh, uh, Plato, Socrates, like, um, if you read intimate really is about like suffering. 
And you kind of, you can, if you really read Twilight, you see like the ebbs and flows, even in ancient mm -hmm. philosophy. Do you have like a good step one of mm -hmm. kind of how do we enter into like our true happiness journey? Because we're getting, we're inundated by marketing and messages. And I mm -hmm. think that's where a lot of our discontent and our unhappiness happens. What is a good step one to, to break into mm -hmm. happiness? The first thing that comes to mind that I spend a lot of time with personally and also with the people I work with is we get really stuck in thinking it's just us. That the feelings we experience, whether that's an emptiness or a void or something I hear a lot is, you know, I've got this great life on paper but I can't seem to enjoy any of it. And I'm constantly reaching for more. And I just want to get to a place where I can be happy with who I am and happy with the life that I have, which is how I define happiness. And we can get in this place because we live in a world where people are constantly living in their facades and showing the best parts of their life, like on social media. And we kind of get into this forced comparison that makes us question again where we're at and, and how we're living our lives and what we think we need to be happier, to be complete or whole. And we start to think it's just us that in, in whatever, however that's showing up in our lives, like I just described the emptiness or constantly grasping for more, the grass is greener somewhere else um, or feeling really lonely and alone or, you know, living in a perpetual cycle of self-criticism and beating yourself up. And we think it's just us. And by this point, I've worked with hundreds of people. Um, I've been blessed to have a Facebook group of over 5,000 women. I have a lot of conversations with women. Um, and, and that's my main, you know, that's my main focus and passion and trying to bring what I do to women. Um, so I, that's why I mainly speak there. Um, and we've all got the same stuff. Mm -hmm. It might show up in different ways in our lives but we all go through the same stuff and we've all got the same stuff in us, even if it just looks different from person to person and how that shows up in their lives. So normalization is a concept that I talk about a lot that is a wonderful first step into starting to face and accept the reality of who you are and accept the reality of life is that we're all going through it mm -hmm. and in the journey of life and in the journey of happiness is an up and down journey. <laughs> and when we normalize that and realize that that is the reality and nature of life, we can start to em embrace and accept our experience. And that allows us to begin to make different choices and to take our problems and how we're feeling from feeling gigantic to recognizing oh, I'm having a normal human experience. So it takes it from being really, really big to very manageable so that we can face it pragmatically and practically without all the emotion. And we can actually move through it. And then through that process, we actually start to build self-worth. We begin to believe in ourselves. We begin to realize that I can get through these things. I can, and we learn and grow through a process which makes us feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a first step into happiness is really understanding that what you're experiencing 
isn't a you thing. And some people really hate to hear that because we attach to what we're going through and we want to be special and validated in that. And I get that. I used to live there, but that's what keeps us really stuck. So when we can see, it doesn't matter if you have kids or don't have kids, if you're married or single, um, if you work in corporate America or you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is, we've all got the same stuff on the inside. We're all human. Mm -hmm. And that when we can normalize that experience, that pushes us closer to that piece of acceptance of being able to accept ourselves in our lives. Um, And it's a great place to start, not to get stuck in it and wallow in it, but actually get to this place of acceptance so we can start to normalize our experience and not blow it up and make it so big, which is what keeps us really stuck. I love that. And the reverse side of that is you, you celebrate and tell me if you agree or disagree with this, but your idiosyncrasies, your individual things that really do make you who you are and celebrate those. And that underlining, it's like the turmeric and tequila mm. where we are the human condition and, and in a divided time, Republicans and Democrats and men and women and all this different things, yeah. we are unified by that yeah. human condition. And what a yes. beautiful underline in 2022. And we're so divided to really understand that all this shit you're facing, I'm facing too, yes. or we're in it, or I have faced like, what a beautiful joining point of yeah. we can connect and we actually can move up from here. I think that was such a great breakdown yeah. of 2020 and such an exposure point of our human condition was so deeply exposed being, you know, locked up and quarantined and dealing mm-hmm. with about vaccinations and masks. And like, there was so many like disruption points where we started to kind of like really break down. And I think through those breakdowns, we found connection, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if not, I really encourage people to further explore that. Yeah. Um, is there a good, like, initial practice, obviously I'd always suggest, you know, go seek Mm -hmm. formal coaching as you really get into these things. It's nothing better than having Mm -hmm. a coach and someone guide this process and like a teammate in the game. It's Mm -hmm. such a true luxury. So if you ever think of therapy as something like that, you know, there's stigma around or whatever, but I promise you it's, if you have the money, the means and the ability the minus to go do it, it's an absolute luxury. So I was trying to shift people's narrative there. Um, but is there a good one step, you know, if we can understand happiness and now like truly Mm -hmm. accepting ourselves? Is it like making a list or is it sitting Mm -hmm. with ourselves? Like what is like Mm -hmm. a good practice? Oh, great question. And I really like what you said that we're unified in our humanness. And I do agree with that. There's one thing we all have in common is our humanness. And that if we can go there, we can start to have a lot more empathy for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and stop thinking that we're so different and, and recognize, no, we are, are all human and we're all built the same on the inside and, and, and go through the same human experiences. Um, then I, I really just really like how you put that. Um, so in terms of the question you asked, one of the things um, that has really helped me to start to understand myself and understand who I am and more kind of just of a validation. It's not like it's telling me answers about myself. Um, But I highly recommend people to take the DISC profile assessment. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, yes. Yeah, Um, it has been, it's a tool I really recommend to people as a way to just start to understand just the kind of foundation of your personality and, and strengths and weaknesses. And the cool thing is you're not locked into your weaknesses. Those are things you can actually grow and learn from. Um, but it's helped me in accepting who I am and, and kind of what makes me tick and what my strengths are. And I can see my weaknesses and go, 
oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and it gives me a place to work from. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good place to just start to, to, on, to open up to accepting who you are instead of trying, wishing you were somebody different and wishing yeah. you had different qualities of people that you see and perceive as being successful or happy, that the key to success and happiness is really embracing the truth of who you are. And the disc profile can be a really cool tool um, and insight into yourself. And then the other foundational piece that I, I teach is really learning how to put yourself first learning how to make yourself a priority in your life, not in a selfish way, but in a way where you're slowing down to make sure you're following through with the things that are important to you and, and really making time for yourself. And what I suggest in doing that and putting yourself first and making time for yourself is reconnecting with the things you actually really love to do. Mm -hmm. And these are often things that we enjoyed when we were younger maybe before we got in a relationship or before we started our career or before we had kids or, or whatever our life circumstances are the things we disconnected from and slowing down and, and reconnecting with what did you used to love to do that you've stopped once life got in the way you stopped doing. And when you can reconnect with that, the things that you really love and enjoy, that's a really wonderful way to get to know yourself. And it, it aids in, you building that self-worth, showing yourself that you're important to you by making yourself a priority in your life, making yourself the priority. Again, not in a selfish way, but that actually benefits everybody else because you're full yes. and, and you're energized and, and you have enough juice for your relationships and the things in your life. And you start to feel really good about yourself and you do get to know who you are. So those are two things that I highly recommend um, that people explore in terms of really learning to accept yourself and, and learning how to build self-worth so that you can be happy. Thank you for those. I'm so glad. To, I was actually going to ask you about assessments next because I'm I'm currently working on building out this core values platform that's really digestible. Over the five years of all the stuff I've done, um, oh. I'm kind of breaking it down. And I'm so into this one assessment I did around core values and it really broke down and it was so relieving because you think of all the stuff you want to do and intentional and whatever, but you've got to deal with what's already there. And some of it's just your genetic makeup. It's nurture and nature. It's already there. So it's relieving to know like, this isn't even me, even though it is you, but we got to understand like, this is already what the house, the construction looks mm -hmm. like. Now we got to build around it. And it's learning those assessments and, and I'm just understanding that spot. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I could not agree more and you've run more laps in this than I have. So I, I could not agree with you more. I think it's just such a good beginning point. And you don't need to spend millions of dollars right off the bat to no. make these big leaps of changes. Just start small. And when yeah. you know a formal coach or a formal situation is at hand, it's the best money I've ever spent in my life. But if you're not in that space yet, that's okay. There's things you can do right now. So I really appreciate yeah. you sharing those two initial steps. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. of understanding and kind of like stepping into the space and acknowledging and doing a couple steps before you really jump into this really expensive arena. Um, but it's also expensive not to do the work if you have the fun time and energy. So it, it, it kind of works both ways. Um, there's a million questions I have. I want to ask you. I want to be sensitive <laughs> of our time, but I do want to share because um, I have a lot of friends that are single. I'm actually have a podcast coming up around solo people. And I know you work a lot with married people and the conversation uh -huh. or my question isn't about married, but I thought something that really stuck with me in our sessions is when you would say, share you were going on vacation. I was like, who are you going with? You're my, and you would say myself. And I'm like, mm. by yourself? Like your husband's not going? You're like, oh no, there's nobody I'd rather hang out with than myself. And I was like, yeah. 
Oh my God. I might've said like, that's badass. I might've at that point. Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, that stuck with me of all the things and sessions like that always stood out. Can you just unpack that a little bit and mm-hmm. then we'll start to wrap up. But I, it, yeah. it was so profound. Yeah. That's I, but yeah, I think when you and I were working together, uh, Kristen, I had recently like just gone on like my first solo camping trip, which I was, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm not like the most adventurous person. <laughs> um, but that was definitely an adventure for me. And it was one of the first times that I really slowed down to do something for myself and, and work hard for myself. Cause you know, camping it, it isn't always easy. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts and setting things up. <laughs> and I had never done any of that before. And I remember having this awareness. I was up in uh, Buena Vista here in Colorado um, and at a campground, I think called Ruby, Ruby Mountain or something like that is beautiful. And I remember looking at, at Mount Princeton and, and just sitting there and I'd had my camp sites, you know, all, all put together and really having this moment with myself of like, there's nobody I'd rather be with right now than me. And I would have never thought that that would come out of my mouth genuinely because before when I was chasing all the things in my life and trying to be who I thought I needed to be, I could barely sit still with myself for like five minutes before, you know, picking up the phone and calling somebody or getting lost in my husband or um, putting the radio on. Like I, I couldn't be with myself because I was just such a mess on the inside and sped up and I couldn't connect with myself. So it was really uncomfortable. And as I've been on this journey of really getting to know who I am and dropping the facades and just being Karen, it is so lovely to spend time with myself. And they're really not in a, you know, kind of like self-centered way at all. I've, I love spending time with my husband. I love um, being able to spend time with my friends and, and the, my loved ones in my life. But there's something really, really special when you're connected to yourself of just spending that time with you. And and I feel very blessed to be able to experience that. And I, I, I usually take one or two solo camping trips a year. I'm a campground person, so I don't like to back, backpacking or anything like that. <laughs> um, I like to be comfortable um, or, you know, making sure I am taking time to spend with me, even if it's not going out of town or something like that. And and when you have a connection with yourself and you begin to know who you are and you accept yourself, you are your greatest company that you could ever have. You really become your own best friend. And it's a really, really special gift to give ourselves because there's only going to be, and I don't mean this in a morbid way, but for the entirety of our lives, there's going to be one constant with us the entire time. And that's ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we can't, enjoy just being with ourselves and we constantly need to fill our space with other people or things it becomes really problematic because we push ourselves away and and we never learn to enjoy the specialness of who we are and just being with ourselves so that that i would say has been one of the one of the biggest gifts of dropping the facades and really becoming myself and embracing who i am is loving and spending time with myself. And that's really how it feels. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm spending time with me, not by myself, not me time. Like 
I'm really with me. And, you know, I'm sure sometimes people will look over and be like, man, she's crazy because I might be (laughs) talking to myself or, you know, I crack myself up sometimes just, you know, especially camping, I'll make a mistake or the wind's blowing and I can't get the canopy up or whatever. And like, I'll, I'll be sitting there talking to myself or laughing. And I'm sure people look over and go, oh my gosh, but that's really what happens in a good way, not a crazy way. Um, but that's really what happens when you build a relationship with yourself. And it's really, really special. I love that so much. And I really, I wish that for everyone. And I think in turn, you find that, that path um, of happiness that you walk along. It's never an end game, but uh, yeah. you know, that path you walk along. And I, I agree. And it was almost validating for me because I actually do love traveling. I do a lot by myself. I'm such a team animal, but I really yeah. do love my time. And it's kind of like you said, I was my authentic self as a kiddo. And like most kids, you go play and you do make believe and you can be in your room doing stuff for hours and you do yeah. stuff by yourself. Um, but it was my adult self that got in the way of the mm. badassness or whatever it was. And it's now mm. we're kind of getting back to the young self that I really do think innately knew that I think most of our young selves do. It's so it's yeah. just uh, all these disruptors that come in that we got to get on out. But yeah. I really appreciate your time and energy. Karen, where do we find you? Tell me about Facebook groups, Instagram handles, whatever you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my website. It's karensites.com and it's K-A-R-Y-N. Uh, S-A-I-T-Z. And then I do have a Facebook group called The Art of Being a Happy Wife. Um, I have a real passion with teaching married women how to be happy because it's very much been my journey. And I also work with women who are single and not in relationships. And I love teaching about that as well and teaching women how to uh, date as a way and a path to find themselves instead of getting lost in looking for a relationship or a partner. Um, But you can find me in the art of being a happy wife and find me on my website. I do have an Instagram handle, but I'm not very active yet, but (laughs) But it's Karen sites, the happiness mentor. So you can find me, find me in those places. Thanks for asking. Yes, I'm here, I'm here for all of it. I love it. We, I, the only reason I'm chuckling right now is because I shouldn't. We did a podcast on, um, no, they're not all in the deep. Tumor can take yeah. more fun. And we did one on online dating. Yeah. Shit show in all the best ways. It was good. We did <laughs> you on as an expert to be like, oh, girl, okay. Like, yes, here's what we need to break, break it down. It down. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. perhaps I'll set up for another session with you. So we'll get into that. But I really appreciate you being here. I think this is such deep, valuable content. And of all the learnings and wise words you gave us, I think your journey and your ethos are going to resonate with so many of my listeners because I think it's so many people like us that are, you know, in pursuit of um, happiness or a better way or what have you. And it's that constant reconnection point with our individual selves and then understanding that we are really like everybody else in that human condition. So I honor your work. I appreciate you. I have faith in this world when I see humans like you doing what you're doing, because I know it's so deeply important and um, extraordinarily average, I hope someday. And I hope we're all in it like like you are, because like I said, I think it it really deeply matters. So I appreciate all of it. Thank you so much, Kristen. It was really fun to, to be here and to have this conversation with you. I appreciate you. Yes. I'm in. Go check out Karen. Um, check out all the handles. You know, I'll have them up when I post this. And cheers to happiness. Let's go 2022. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.